0: Good morning, everybody. Lovely to see you all. Um, I feel like I have to give you a warning. <laughs> if I if I get tearful while I'm talking, please don't worry. I'm absolutely fine. It's just sometimes what God does, and you know some of what I share is quite. Um, yeah, open. And um and I'll I'm fine. <laughs> so um and I, you know, I think that's God in me. I often one of my pastors said to me, Never ever despise your tears. And um, you know, I think that's just for me how how God works. So anyway. So you can see this morning I've got a couple of props up here. Um and the one of this clothing rail, was just over the last couple of weeks, there's been a few words that have been spoken that have really been stirring in my heart, and um, and I really felt that God wanted to share something more with us about that this morning, um, and um, a couple of weeks ago, Keith shared about seeing this picture of a clothing um, rack of clothes, of brand new clothes, um, at the back of the church. And, um, and that as the previous year had kind of come to an end that our clothing can be quite worn and threadbare and, but there's this new rack of clothes in church that God has for each of us and it's brand new and that there's an outfit for each one of us. And it says, he said, take care to take the clothes that have been tailored to you with your name on them. It's a free gift for you to take, but we just have to take the effort to search for our name. Now I don't know about you, but when I go to the shops, I kind of you know look for my size first before I like even look at the clothes. I just you know rifle through trying to find my size and then look at the colour. It's specific for what I want to wear. And so Keith's word was there's an outfit that Jesus has for each of us, that he's designed for each of us, and that we don't have to worry that there won't be something on that rack for us. That if you go and you have a look and you take the effort to look on that rack, you will not be disappointed. There is something for each of us there. We don't have to worry that we'll be left out and that we'll be forgotten. And then there was a word from Rachel last week, which was about walking free of our past. And our past can be this morning, something that you did this morning that you're not very proud of. Or it can be something more significant that has gone on in your past over many years. And she said, we need to let go of that so that it won't become a crutch to us. It doesn't become a stumbling block to what God wants to do in our lives now. But I, f- I felt after she brought that word, I was like, wow, uh, we need to be so careful here that we don't feel judged. That, you know, that word wasn't a condemning word. And actually, for us, practically, how would these words look? if we, If God says that there's new stuff for us, that he's got new stuff for us to put on, that he wants us to walk in, and he doesn't want us to be held back by our past, you know, that can just feel like it's words... Like okay well that's fine but practically what does that mean for me what does that mean if i'm struggling and i'm feel like i'm stuck and i feel like i can't get out of where i am how do i do that like that sounds great and that sounds amazing but how do i do that what do i actually do um and so i kind of wanted to have a look a little bit this morning about practically what does that what does that look like for us? How might we start on that journey if we feel like, well, you know, I'd love, I'd love to take this thing that fits me, but I have no idea what that practically looks like for me. And I thought that God wants to start with this this morning. There is no condemnation. There isn't. We want to condemn ourselves, and sometimes we want to condemn other people because we don't think we're doing, they're doing things quite as we think they should be doing it. But actually there is no condemnation. And when Jesus meets with us, when he speaks to us, he wants to bring us freedom. And he wants to encourage us in what he has for us. So I wanted to show you a short clip this morning, which is from, um, can somebody just turn the lights off on this side, Um, and Samuel will play it in a minute, Um, but it's a clip from The Chosen. Has anyone seen some of The Chosen? It's a new um, uh, Bible series that's come out that's been crowdfunded in the States, Um, so that people, it kind of tells the gospel story, and I have been watching it over the last few weeks and just found it so encouraging. It kind of brings to life how life in those times may have looked um, now, it takes quite a lot of poetic lessons that kind of tries to fill in some of the gaps that the Bible doesn't say. Well, you know, this is what um, Peter's, Simon Peter's life was like or whatever. But they try to kind of embellish a little around what may have been going on in their lives at that time. Um, and the clip that you'll see this morning starts the story by suggesting that Simon Peter and his fisherman friends, so Simon Peter was the first disciple to be called by Jesus, and, um, and it suggests that him and his friends were, that, well, they were fishermen, that's what they did for their living, but it suggests that they were probably in debt. And because they were they were living a hard life of trying to catch fish all the time, sell it to make a living, and sell enough that they could pay to Caesar what was Caesar's, and pay their debts off, and pay their taxes. And so th- this night, um, Simon Peter and his friends have gone a- onto um, onto the sea to go and catch fish, and they've been fishing all night. This is what they do. They know how to fish. They have all their tools at their fingertips. They understand what it means to be a fisherman. And they've been out all night, and it shows that they just are so frustrated. And they have, like, in this series, they have, like, a deadline. They're, like, by the morning, they've got to pay their taxes or they go to prison. And so Simon Peter is like, come on, God, where are you? I'm trying to fish, and there's just nothing here. And at the end, we kind of catch them as they're coming to shore here um, with his friends. And as they um, arrive on shore, or as they're coming towards the shore, they see Jesus standing on the shore preaching or teaching this group of people that they actually initially think are there to arrest them. Um, But actually, as they get closer, um, they realize that it's this person who's teaching a group of people. Um, And I just want you to watch this clip. I just love, uh, if you haven't seen any of that, uh, it's just amazing. It brings it to life. Um, But, you know, what really struck me in that um, clip with Simon Peter and Jesus is that Simon, Simon Peter came face to face with Jesus. And in that moment... Jesus, you know, he was a fisherman. He wasn't educated. He wasn't going to be someone that was noticed in 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 his society. He wasn't someone that was going to be trusted with the secrets of the scriptures. And yet in that moment, he comes face to face with Jesus. And Jesus goes down and Peter says to him, you know, he starts off, I'm too sinful. You can't possibly want me. There's nothing in me that you could want. And he falls on his knees. And Jesus goes face to face with him and he says, Lift up your head. And then he says to him, follow me. And I think in that moment, in Simon Peter's head, he must have been going through a battle of thinking, but I'm not good enough, but I'm not educated enough, but I'm not worthy enough to be called by this man who knows. Clearly this man is a teacher who's, you know, had stuff invested in him. And he knows, who am I? But actually he just looks at Jesus and he says, Okay, I'm with you. And in that moment, he chooses to believe what God says of him over everything else that would have been spoken over him his entire life. And he gets up and he follows Jesus. Um, And he calls them to an adventure with him. And he speaks something over them that they haven't realized is in their gifting. You know, they know how to fish with fish. They don't know how to deal with people. And yet God puts something else on them. He's got something else for them that he calls them to in the adventure with him. He doesn't tell them, you know, this is going to be a hard journey. You're going to have to get yourself up to scratch because you're just not good enough. No, he doesn't do that. He says, come on, follow me, I can't wait. And I love Jesus' face, like his delight when he sees their response to all those fish being caught. I just love that. I'm like, oh, that's so what Jesus would have done. He would have been laughing and like, oh, wow, this is amazing. And he would have done the same. Come on, come on an adventure with me. Come and follow me and let's see what we're going to do together. And something in them chooses to believe God's words over them rather than the expectation of other people around them. And I love this, (laughs) just this thing that I found on the internet. And it says, truth is the only thing that people don't believe. And I thought, wow, that's so true. Often we just are, we settle for stuff that is in our heads and, you know, has been spoken around us or spoken to us. And we accept that as our truth, but actually it's not. That actually if we're going to choose clothes that God has for us, there's something about the truth in our heads and our hearts that we need to evaluate and see whether there's anything that is not helpful, that's holding us back, that's stopping us from getting up and going, hey, God, I'm with you. Jesus, I'm following you and I'm with you. And so we are faced, I think, with this challenge of, Are we going to believe what's going on in our head sometimes? You know, I've really struggled with this over the years. My head tells me incredible stories about who I'm not. And I've had to fight it to believe that in Christ I'm a new creation. And we're faced with the the choice of whether we're going to believe that or whether we believe what other stuff that is going on inside of us. And this verse means that if anybody loves Jesus, they are a new creation. They are new. The old life is gone and a new life has begun. And we need, we've got a choice. You know, that's why I loved the way Keith's word was brought. It's like the only thing you need to do, it's a free gift. These clothes that are on this rack that have your name on them, they're free. The only thing that you need to do is look for your name. That's incredible. It's not like you have to be better. You have to do, you know, make sure that you get up to scratch. No. The only thing that you need to do is believe that there's something there for you. That you are a new creation in me. That the old stuff is gone and the new stuff has come. And there's another scripture in the Bible, in 1 Corinthians, it says all of you together are Christ's body and each of you is a part of it. Everyone here sitting in this room is a part of it. Those that couldn't make it this morning, they're a part of it. And if they're not part of it, our puzzle isn't complete. Our puzzle of how God wants us to function in this church entirely at this moment is not complete unless each one of is a part of it. So if you don't believe that you're part of it, we don't get to be have the full picture of, of how we function. We miss out on you. That's gutting. You know, one of the one of the other episodes of that chosen is with, um, is it Nicodemus, the guy who wants to believe in Jesus so much, but then he just can't leave stuff behind. And uh, you see Jesus ready to go. He says to these group of people, meet me here in the morning at this time and we'll go on an adventure together. And one of those that he invited to meet in there was Nicodemus. And when Jesus gets there in the morning, he's standing at the spot where he said, and Nicodemus is hiding behind the corner. And Nicodemus is crying. Because he doesn't quite believe that there's something there for him, and maybe the kind of, his life is pulling him too hard too. And Jesus just stands there and he goes, you so nearly made it. And it's just this devastation in Jesus' heart that if you don't believe who you are, if you don't believe, it's devastating for us and for God because we don't get to see the full picture of who we all are together. If we allow ourselves to feel inadequate, we'll miss out. If we believe that we are inadequate, that we are not worthy enough, we all miss out. And then we're also invited to believe scriptures like this in Romans, where it says that we've all been given different gifts. And I want to just read this to you from the um, New Living Translation. It says, In his grace, God has given us different gifts And if you have a gift of showing kindness to others, do it gladly. We all have gifts to bless others with. Does it say some of you? Some of you have gifts. Does it say that? No. All of you have gifts to bless others with. And he's, had, he's prepared good works in advance for us. And this was a... yeah. It's a real challenge to believe that all those scriptures apply to each one of us. That there's not one of us in this room that's omitted from the truth of what God has for us. And then it goes on and says here, oh, and this is what I love about what Mike was doing this morning, you know. We just, we, I think we're far from walking in all of this. We are definitely far from walking in all of this. John 14 verse 12 says, I tell you the truth, Anyone, anyone who believes in me will do the same works as I have done. And even greater works because I'm going to be with the Father. That's a challenge, isn't it? Oh, storm's coming up. (laughs) But that's a challenge. To, if we are invited to believe that, that that's the truth about what Jesus has said over us, that we will do even greater things than Jesus did when he walked this earth because of who Jesus is. Now, I wanted to tell you a little bit about, of a story because this is something that I've walked of of having truth, kind of put before me, but not knowing what to do with it, and not knowing how I could, how I could change. I wanted to believe that there was something more for me, but I didn't know how. And I had a, um, an encounter when I was, um, I was about fifteen years old, I think. Um, I had kind of, I had given my life to the Lord, and I was very aware of Him. But I didn't think that he loved me. I, I just, you know, this was, it was just a distant God that kind of, yeah, I know that you're there and I know that you've created stuff. But I think you seriously messed up with me. <laughs> and I reached a really low point. And I couldn't find anything about myself that I liked. That's one of the reasons I put the mirror here today. Because I would walk past the mirror, or I would walk past a shop window, or I would walk past a reflection in the car, and I would look at myself and I'd think, I hate who you are. There's nothing about you that I like. And it really impacted on me. I started to live that I was horrible, that I was revolting, that there was nothing good in me. And I went to see a counselor. And... Um, Incredible man. I don't even know if he was a Christian, but he was an incredible man. And he said to me one day when I went in to see him, he said, Is there anything about yourself that you can kind of think that you could get to like? And I was like, oh, no, nothing. (laughs) And he's like, okay, just take your time. Is there anything at all about yourself that you just like just a little? And eventually I said to him, actually, I quite like my eyes. I think my eyes are not too bad. (laughs) And so he said to me, brilliant. What I want you to do from now on is that every single time you go past a mirror or a reflection or look at anybody and think that they are just, you know, they are superior to you, I want you to tell yourself, I love your eyes. And I was like, is he so stupid? (laughs) What's that going to do? And, um, but he said, just do that over the next few weeks and come back and, you know, let's talk again. And so I did that day in, day out, day in, day out. I was I was determined to feel better than where I was because I was in such a low place. And um and so I worked harder. I did it every day. Every time I walked past anything, every time I looked in the mirror, I would say, Tell myself, I love your eyes. And I remember every time doing it thinking, oh, it's just empty. It's just empty. It's just words. It's just empty. It doesn't mean anything. It's just empty. <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to get through this. Sorry. <laughs> and one morning, I went into our family bathroom when we lived in South Africa. Um, and I was still living at home. And I went into the bathroom. I looked at myself in the bathroom mirror. And I looked at my eyes and I said, I love your eyes. And as I said it, it was like, it just suddenly hit my heart. You've got beautiful eyes. And I sobbed. (laughs) And it was just this thing of actually, it took time to speak truth over me, to allow truth to be spoken over me, for that to take a root. And to stop the other stuff that was coming in. And it was like, it was a transformation. And yet, every time I did that in the weeks leading up, I was like, this is a waste of time. There is nothing. And, you know, when I was praying about today, I was like, I felt God saying, what do you see when you look in the mirror? What do you see when you look? What lies? Are you allowing to be spoken over your life that is stopping you from experiencing the joy that I have for you? That's stopping you from going to these clothes that I have for you and putting them on and knowing that I have plans and purposes for you. What is looking back in that mirror at you every day? And our challenge is that we have got, you know, our starting step, I believe, is us taking those scriptures that we've looked at this morning. There's loads of others in the Bible. You know, I've just looked at a few this morning. But taking those scriptures and looking in the mirror and saying, God, you have gifted me. You have put things in me to bless other people. You have put things in me that is going to change this place where I live. That's going to impact my family. That's going to impact my friends. And I don't believe it, but I want to. Will you work in me to shift it from here to here, so that I can walk in that every day? And we really do have a choice, you know. It's God's never gonna, you know, with that. When He met Simon Peter, and He said to Simon, you know, put out the. We missed a little bit at the beginning there. He just said to him, Simon, just. Try throwing your net out into the water a little deeper. And he goes, teacher, you have no idea how hard I've been working at this. It's been all night. I've been doing this all my life. I know everything there is to know about fishing. There is nothing else I can do to for this situation to be different. And Jesus doesn't beg him. I just love how they portray Jesus in that scripture. Jesus just stands there and just looks at him. Almost with like, are you going to dare to trust me? Are you going to dare to look in my face and trust what I say? And then Peter, you can see Peter just kind of goes, oh, okay. And then he goes, and then his whole life is turned around as he experiences that trust in who Jesus has called him to be. So that was what I really felt to bring this morning to you. And I'd love to pray for you if that's okay for us. Because it's never a, you know, I I find for myself, it's never, you know, I get scared sometimes that God's going to forget me. I get scared sometimes that when I see other people doing amazing things, I think, oh, God, I feel so inadequate, and I feel like I'm so afraid you're going to forget me. Never. He's never, ever, ever going to do that to us. We're the apple of his eye. And he's got something for each of us, you know, and it's just reminding ourselves every day. Part of that clothing ourselves with the... Um, spiritual armor is as protecting our minds against untruths and grasping hold of his his truth of how he sees us and saying god i'm going to choose to walk in this even if i don't feel it here i'm going to believe in it and i'm trusting you that you're going to move it from here to here so that i can do everything that you have called me to do yeah father i you're amazing Lord, you've created each one of us in this room, and you have dreams and purposes for each one of us. And God, we pray that you would give us courage to face up to stuff that is holding us back. All we've got to do is take hold of a scripture that you've given us. All we've got to do is take hold of a promise that you've given us. And then just stand with that until it becomes our reality. God, we pray that you would help us to persevere when we want to give up. We pray that you would help us to keep going and to keep looking to you, knowing that we can trust you. Lord, I pray for each person here that feels like they're excluded from this journey. Lord, I pray that you would speak deep into their hearts. That you would help them to take hold of an untruth that is stopping them from living what you have for them. And Lord, that they would live and walk in everything that you have for them. I pray that they would have courage to look at that rack of clothes and find their name, knowing that you would never leave them out. Knowing that you have never left them behind. But that you have plans for each one of them. Lord, you never promised that it will be easy. And, you know, this last week someone said to me, it's so hard to unlearn untruths. And yes, it is. It is. But we have you and we have the Holy Spirit standing and walking with us. And so, Father, we want to say we trust you. We are trusting this year for a year of each of us being able to find our outfits, of each of us being able to walk free, even while we're walking through tricky stuff. That you can use us in the midst of that. And Lord, that we will be changed from the inside out. And that because of what happens in each of us, Lord, our town and our friends and our family will be impacted because of what you do in our lives. Be with us, Father. Be with us, Lord. We just delight in you. We delight that you love us. We delight that you are for us. We just bless your name today, Father. Bless you, Father. Amen.